0: Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. 105-92, 105-92, the second seed secured going into All-Star Weekend. Nick Nurse officially going to be coaching Team Giannis in the All-Star Game. All the jokes are going to come out, let the tampering begin, what have you. But all this after a win, 105-92, to 92. this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Roe Sampson Folk, ready to detail for you this game. And a fun one, if you are a fan of of Serge Ibaka or Pascal Siakam as these two really, really made a huge difference in this one, and they drove the Raptors for large parts of the night. Although Ibaka, there's a little bit more service there from the guards, Pascal Siakam being able to take the ball into his own hands, create his own offense from time to time, sometimes more often, sometimes less often. Either way, the Raptors are really happy with the contributions they got from the both of them tonight. And that started in the first quarter where the Raptors immediately recognized that the Pistons did not have the personnel to hang with Pascal Siakam. And what that meant was that they had mismatches, mismatches, and mismatches galore Pascal Siakam. If it was him taking Thon Maker off the dribble, a Maker Miss League, as it were, if he was taking Thon Maker off the dribble, drawing fouls, getting to the rim, or getting a switch after running a set up top, getting onto a guard passing out of it, the ball usually finding its way back to Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry then identifying where the biggest mismatch was, and it was usually with Serge Ibaka funneling the ball down into his hands, getting him near the basket for a bucket. That's how the Raptors started out this game. And very, very stout defensively, especially on the inside, the Pistons, they hit threes, credit to them, they passed around the outside of the Raptors' defense, for the early part of the game, although not scoring at will or anything like that. Just passing around, got to 20 points at the end of the first quarter. A bit of a, not a bonehead play from Siakam, but maybe a bit ambitious from Siakam. Siakam tried to hit one of those buzzer-beater type plays, and he shot the ball a little bit early. Bruce Brown was really up on him. They threw the outlet pass afterwards, uh, after Siakam had airballed, Bruce Brown took a layup and believe it or not, that was the first paint points that the Pistons had in the game was on a layup buzzer beater with like two seconds left in the first quarter. They were not getting anywhere near the paint. The team with Andre Drummond, the team with Derrick Rose, they couldn't get anywhere near the paint and really a fantastic job done by the Raptors to mix their zone and their man-to-man really well. And when they're in zone hiding it, just because of the ball pressure they're able to provide when the Raptors are playing in that zone defense, usually zones sit back. and it's, Sometimes it's fairly easy to identify the zone, but sometimes the Raptors, they can really mask it. They'll play really aggressive on-ball defense, and it just depends the initial read that the opposing point guard or ball handler is making what the back end of the Raptors defense looks like and what it's actually behaving as. And that's if they're playing really, really hard defense up front, pressuring the ball, the the point guard is probably going to react as if it's a man on man that might lead them to making a pass into a passing lane that is covered more heavily than they might have thought or that they think that they're making a pass that will eventually make the Raptors defense weaker. But in reality, since they're in zone, it doesn't really move the chains at all for the offense. So just doing a great job of limiting the Pistons that way, but also a credit to them for, for hitting threes. Shvi Mikuluk, I think he, he hit quite a few of them three in the first quarter, I believe. And you know, sometimes that's going to happen. We all know watching the Raptors, they give up three pointers and you know, that's that's just a feature of their defense in a game like this where they hold the Pistons to 92. Not really something to complain about, but uh, pretty great opening first quarter for the Raptors. And the second quarter honestly saw a continuation of that brand of basketball for the Pistons and that brand of defense for the Raptors and that the Raptors either were allowing three-pointers for the Pistons or if a Piston was on the inside looking, there was potency to his drive or to his dive to the rim, whether it was Drummond, Jackson, Rose, whomever, they're fouling for the most part. And that meant that the Pistons were living on three-pointers and free throws, a true James Harden effect league-wide. And strange that the Raptors would incentivize that, but even better that it worked. And the Raptors, they, they did a great job with their bench. Terrence Davis, I think, had a really nice little stint there. He didn't play that much in this game because on the back end of the defense, he had a couple blown rotations, some very noticeable ones. So I understand why Nick Nurse really wanting to lock down that defense chose to go with McCaw, even though his face is all broken, his nose is broken, and he. I don't think McCaw is as good as Terrence Davis, but I think that Nick Nurse thinks that he's more reliable on the defensive end. So we saw that happening, but Terrence Davis had a really good start to that second quarter, a really good stint. Norm Powell as well, who had an awesome game. He dunked on Andre Drummond twice. Yes, twice, one a two-hander, one a one-hander, both of them thunderous dunks and terrific attacks, but Norman Powell really helping the Raptors establish one of their strengths in these recent games is that they are a good team when their bench gets to run against other benches. This has just been, it's a feature of the Raptors basketball team. They did a good job to extend their lead going forward. Ibaka, he started to work his way into the game. We saw the Raptors stretch the lead to 14 points, largely on the back of Ibaka, Davis, and, well, Siakam a little bit as well, too. Siakam was just fantastic all around in this game, but Powell as well, and the Raptors flexing their muscles, just showing way more depth. The Pistons are a little bit injured at this point. They're missing an all-NBA-level player in Blake Griffin. Their defense, not super great. They didn't have anyone to to lock down the Raptors' main weapon, And Kyle Lowry, Lowry, there's games where he is unstoppable offensively, and he can really, really grift and grind for between 18 to 24 points. And he can get there pretty easily with fairly—he's consistent with it. But in this game, very happy to just kick back, let the cards fall where they may, because the Pistons' defense, not super great for for long stretches in this one, and the Raptors— Really getting everything at the rim that they wanted to. Serge Ibaka working in the middle of that defense so often. And especially for him, the the Pistons throwing zones at the Raptors too. Serge Ibaka doing a great job. He's, I know we're used to seeing Marcus all lauded as the guy who's a zone buster. But Serge Ibaka in this game, just with his willingness to shoot, he did a great job of doing that for the Raptors. And the Raptors, they, they took a bigger lead into halftime. They built on what they were doing in that first quarter. And it was all good things as far as the first half went. And to start the second half, the Raptors did a pretty good job of keeping the Pistons at arm's length. Just getting to the parts of the court that really worked for them, whether it was Pascal Siakam working on the, on the block or in ISO, Serge Ibaka, you know, getting the ball in the short roll. Chris Boucher even did a pretty good job rolling to the rim. Got a couple hammer dunks in there and did better defensively than you might have expected. And considering that this was Andre Drummond had a horrible, a horrid um, compete level in the first half, he started to assert himself more in the second half. The Pistons made a bit of a run at the end of the third quarter around a couple three point shots. Andre Drummond really asserting his will on the offensive glass, getting them some more possessions, getting them some more buckets inside, and the Raptors just having to calibrate to that and understand okay we have to we have to play this type of defense in which that they they didn't play super good they didn't rebound super well defensively once drummond kind of got it in his head that he was going to get after it but the raptors elsewhere doing a great job of denying the post possessions initially so it wasn't like andre drummond got the ball in deep post position and was getting baskets it was just he was getting loose on the offensive glass christian wood as well but Fred VanVleet, to close out the quarter, hit a really nice pull-up three. It allowed the Raptors to, okay, settle down, figure it out, go into the break, come to the fourth quarter, ready to close these Pistons out, take care of business. Because Dwayne Casey wants these games really bad, so he's not going to put his... He's going to leave his starters in the whole way. He's going to try and snatch this victory from the claws of defeat any way he can. So the Raptors going into the fourth quarter, and last night, too, not closing out the Cavaliers very effectively, Colin Sexton in particular, helping drive a late run for them. And the Raptors not so much sweating, but just having to play their starters more. And in this one, the Raptors did a much better job of keeping the the Pistons at bay. We got to see Paul Watson minutes at the end. We saw we saw Boucher dunks. We saw Norm Powell throw down over Drummond, his second of the game. Siakam really locked it down in the at the start of the fourth quarter. Really made it so that the the Pistons, even if they were hitting a little bit above their their usual rate from downtown, couldn't keep pace with the Raptors. They did a really great job of identifying where they could take advantage of the Pistons. A bit of a return to form in that fourth quarter, similar to the... uh, The first quarter, and after losing the third quarter by a score of 22-18, to just playing a slower brand of basketball in that quarter, the Pistons getting to play a lot more like they like to with their current roster construction. The Raptors obviously being demons in transition, getting out with regularity, doing a great job of turning the Pistons over for a large part of the game, not so much in the third quarter. Getting back to that more in the fourth quarter where they're stunting guys like Fred VanVleet, Norm Powell, when they're digging in, even Chris Boucher, Serge Ibaka as the help side, just really good job of keeping the balls alive so that Van Vleet or Powell can pick the ball up, push in transition, eat one of Pascal Siakam or Kyle Lowry, filling the lane, providing help so that things work out better that way. But the Raptors, they figured it out. They made it work. We saw some Paul Watson minutes. We saw Stanley Johnson with a, a turnaround jumper. We saw O'Shea Brissett and Matt Thomas. And they came in for about two minutes, but the Raptors they cleaned it up. They won 105-92. They handled these Pistons, and it wasn't too much of a worry. You know, in a game where Kyle Lowry scores, I believe it was seven points, six assists. His usage rate very low, but his fingerprints all over what the Raptors are doing at different times. Just taking a back seat, really chilling there. And even Pascal Siakam, a guy who played 35 minutes, 30 points, seven rebounds, four assists looks like he completely dominated the game, shot nearly 70% from the field, and he was awesome. Trust me, he was awesome. But it wasn't one of those games, think of Game 1 or Game 2 against Orlando last year in the playoffs, where he had good games against the fantastic Jonathan Isaac, who I hope comes back from his injury like really well, but watching those games, Siakam had to work really hard, especially off-ball and coming off of screens, to, to get his points. But in this one, it was just the, the Pistons were completely bereft of any type of player who could D him up, and he really took advantage of that, and that was fantastic to see, and the Raptors didn't really have to sweat this one out. Serge Ibaka and Pascal Siakam carried. Fred Van Vliet hit timely triples. He finished well at the rim. I, I thought that was the biggest part of his game. He, he did a great job using his body. Great job finishing well at the rim, and that was nice to see. And the Raptors, 105-92, they clean this thing up, and They they walk out of here with a win, the second seed going into all-star game, and, you know, let the tampering begin, as it were. But the Reggie Evans Award, I'm going to give it to Fred VanVleet, who had a near triple-double. And for, for Kyle Lowry, sometimes he can really put his mind to it, and he can... He can game the rebounds. He can figure out how to pile up assists and he can get him he can work himself into a triple double if he really wants to. That's why we keep seeing it happen when they play in Philadelphia. If he wants to do it, he knows where the rebounds are available. He knows where he can get assists and he can just work the game that way sometimes. But Fred VanVleet, it's not so often that he gets 8 boards and 9 assists, but you know, a fantastic job from him. Great job cleaning up the Raptors, loose balls, you know, getting run outs, starting the Raptors in transition. Big part of the Raptors offense was Fred Van Vliet pushing. And when he gets those defensive rebounds, they don't have to wait for an outlet pass. They don't have to wait for an outlet pass, sorry. And the Pistons, they don't have to they don't get to adjust to, okay, the ball's being passed, we can see the ball there. That's the point of attack and we have to address that. It's no, it's it's Fred Van Vliet picking up the ball, going straight into transition. Norm Powell does the same thing, but just great compete, great effort from Fred Van Vliet in this one. Really happy with his performance. He is the Reggie Evans Award winner and the Mitchell Robinson Award for the villain of the game goes to Svi McLuch because or McCalluck goes to him because he he took Terrence Davis's deserving spot in the Rising Stars game. And so we've got beef, apparently. But you know, all things considered, I thought he, he had a really nice game spread the floor for the Pistons. But maybe maybe villainous a little bit to Raptors fans because Terrence Davis is such a special player in our heart. We love him to death. And he was on the Twitter timeline today making it known that he, he didn't care, that he'd seen the disrespect before when he didn't get drafted. He doesn't need people to think he's good because he you know he views himself a certain way. And you just more reasons to love Terrence Davis, of course. But yeah, the Mitchell Robinson Awards. V. Mikhailak. And the top quick reaction comment from Arshdeep Singh, Ibaka became the first player in NBA history to have at least 1,500 career blocks and at least 500 career threes, as mentioned during the game. I did not realize that at all. Pretty surreal, if you ask me. Ibaka has been so good and so crucial for the Raptors this season, and his three-point shooting after a down season last year has been absolutely vital. Yeah, totally. You can go read last week's um, Black Box report. I write about how important and impressive Serge Ibaka has been. Louis Datsman has also written a feature on Serge Ibaka and how incredible he's been this year, how dependable. And I, anytime somebody wants to show love to Ibaka, I think that's great because he is a little bit undervalued, I think, by the fan base. And, you know, he's a guy who I've, I've written about it. I just think it's he's such a well-put-together big man in a league that is constantly finding players who are in between skill sets. He did a great job of coming into the league as a shot blocker and then building himself fully from that point in the paint. He could finish in the paint. He could defend in the paint. But stepping out offensively, he worked himself out from the paint, the mid-range, and then the three-pointer. A lot of players skip that middle step, and it's that the middle step is part of why Ibaka is so potent for the Raptors. It's why he's so effective is that he can punish teams in the middle of the court. He can he can bust a zone. If he's hitting his shots from the mid-range, he can he can play really well in the short role. He's he's getting better passing there as well, but his his ability to improve all the way out not just being expedient and just picking up the three-pointer so you could do it for quote-unquote spacing reasons like a lot of players do Tristan Thompson takes threes more often than he's going to take a, a mid-range shot now and that's because teams are just like we just need you out there you got to space the court out and Ibaka is a more complete player than that He's gonna he can space the court out we've seen him shooting great from three um, over 40% since December 20th I think which is fantastic and he's up to nearly I believe he's 38% on the year which is great but also that he can get into the middle of the of the defense the middle of a zone work on the short roll whatever and he's he's good there and the Raptors they rely on that and it's a dependable great type of offense and you need that sometimes as a release valve and he's he's very great for the Raptors he is undervalued I think and yeah are steep anytime you want to wax poetic about uh, Serge Baca, you go right ahead. But that's it for me. Thank you very much for listening, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway Card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway Card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee. Ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit UnitedGatewayCard.com to apply.